wheat volatility is riding high. And the cattle price won't slide. We wonder what's going to happen next. Smart money's buying sheep. Your advice comes pretty cheap. Why don't you ask what we can do? Just the two of us. Making podcasts on the fly. Just, Just the, the two, two of us. us. Just, Just the two of us. Of us. You and I. and I. Welcome back to Just the Two of Us. Another AgWatchers podcast with Matt and myself. We thought we'd have a quick update on uh, something we've been talking about a lot in the last sort of while is, I guess, market volatility, but market volatility caused by black swan events. Yeah, more specific ones, though, ones around when the government's kind of stepped in to yeah. do something. Yeah, and, mm. and government interventions, I think, just mm. a bit of amusing that we've had. Because uh, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote, I think I might quote this in a previous podcast. Mm. There are decades where nothing happens, and there are weeks where decades happen. Yeah. From old mate Lennon, uh, from back in the 1920s. Yeah, back in the days when we had a, a Russian leader that was a little bit more predictable. Yeah, yeah, just, just, just well, well, that was the same as Stalin. He was probably more predictable. Uh, um, but it has been really interesting the last couple of months, hasn't it, Matt? In, mm. in that there's just been so many government interventions after government interventions. And it got us thinking on Friday because we were presenting at the UDV conference, so the United yep. Dairy Farmers of Victoria, stroke Victorian Farmers Federation conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were up there to present on change. No, we didn't have any charts. We didn't have any market commentary because we don't really cover dairy all that much. And it was just really about adapting to change in, in markets and adapting to change in the business structure generally. Mm, dealing with dealing with volatile times, kind of thing. Yeah, which mm. you know, these were the best of times. These were the volatile of times. Is that's a saying? Dickens, isn't Dickens, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. Dickens was all of the markets. Mm. But the Dickens, oh, the Dickens. <laughs> but the, uh, I guess, it, it, I guess it got us thinking because we were talking about this. Let's be honest, we're talking about this all in the pub on Friday yep. afternoon in between mm-hmm. the sessions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess one of the resolutions was about bringing in a levy on to on consumers for milk. So basically, twenty cents a liter. That the. the consumer has to pay extra above and beyond the market price that goes directly to the farmer. Mm. And it, it just got me thinking about all the times when things just haven't, when, when those interventions have occurred by the government and they just haven't ended up all that well. No. Well, often, I mean, in it, from an economic sense, they, they, they usually say that if you've got what, what's called a market failure, happening that that's generally when the government or or a government body would step in to try and address a market failure um you know and and so that's the normal economic rationale behind intervention whereas normally you'd say well just um you know you should be able to let the markets just determine it through supply and demand and it'll figure its way through um so it's those market failure aspects but yeah in this instance the levy of sorts wasn't really to address a market failure especially when milk prices are at record levels Mm. So, but it got me thinking. Like, if you if you look back in history, yeah, and this might be a bit of a boring podcast for most because we're really talking about economic sort of imperatives and whatnot. And I'm, I'm not got a background in economics, so you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. 
but if you look back at like times when the government, I struggle to f find times when the government intervened and ended up in the long run well for the farmer. Mm. I mean, look, the, the probably the, the one that would be that stands out that's probably not a, a big, it's an intervention of sorts, but it's um, it's not over the whole of the market. It's kind of in relation to like, there's environmental laws, say, which impact upon the farmer, what you can do environmentally. Yeah, but they're not market, you, they're, they're not market related though. That's, well, just like, that's the same as saying an intervention, saying not to use slaves. Yeah, no, no, but it, well, but it is from a degree, it is it is intervention in the sense that. Um, if you if you just let the market determine things by supply and demand, because the, some market uh, situations wouldn't wouldn't take into account um, environmental damage as an economic factor, you know they should, but they don't always. If you're looking at a pure economic sense, so but the consumer it, should pay for that if they're really that bothered. <laughs> well, there. Well, then you got situations that so you, some, or, you know where you got you know the environment being damaged because people are just trying to cut costs everywhere. But then that eventually leads to what they call a negative externality in economics, which means the environment goes to shit. And then you eventually pay for it. But that's why we've got those laws. And that's a, a sort of an intervention. But, you know, it's not... It's well, not let, a, let, let's look at direct... Yeah. I'm, yeah, yeah. Not, normally, I don't have, I don't, I don't really plan for these podcasts. But I was, mm. I was thinking about it over the, over, over the weekend. I was mulling it over whilst I was sat in the house. Nineteen twenties, yeah. Mm. Oh, prohibition, you mean? No, grow oh, for right. grow for Australia. Okay, right. This is a grain-based thing. Should, yeah. You should remember this is back in your time. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. basically, the government said we'll give you a minimum price grow as much as you can, and we'll grow ourselves out of the low prices. Mm -hmm. In the end, what happened is within about a year or two, they realized that actually they can grow quite a lot in Australia, especially all these soldier settlements and, and, and whatnot. And a, a lot of farmers borrowed a lot of money to grow crops. They, 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 in the end, what happened was the government couldn't afford to pay that minimum price. And then so the growers end up expecting I'm going to use hypothetical figures, five shillings a bushel, and in the end got one shilling a bushel, yeah, for mm. argument's sake, yeah? But that actually meant that a lot of farmers had to leave the land. A lot of them went bankrupt during that time. It's probably Australia's equivalent of the Highland Clearances. Yeah. But right. it was, that, was, that was an unintended, that wasn't what they were intending to do. The Highland Clearances were kind of intended, weren't they? Yeah, but, but this, was, this was a sort of a thing where you have the market but mm. it was the biggest exodus of farmers in Australia. But you could say a similar thing if you look to the wool market in the nineties. Yeah. Oh, and that's the right? next thing. Yeah, because that, that part, part of the reason why the wool market has, I guess, um, shrunk in terms of, <clears throat> you know, both both uh, wool sheep and and participants is what occurred in the in the you know, reserve price scheme of the nineties. So, and that was and, again the government government kind of underpinning the price of wool and then having to stockpile it. Until, and how and so, how long how long did it take for wool to recover? Oh, two decades. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, well, so even to clear the stockpile took a while, you know. Yeah, and, so. and and this is the issue. Like, there are these things that might sound like vote winners, and they might sound like a great idea. They do have that potential to to have long term ramifications. And let's look at modern times, yeah. Mm. And I'll get in trouble for mentioning this because it's <laughs> you know we got a lot of complaints well, when we spoke about yeah. this. Yes. And I'll get I'll, I'll have somebody out from my blood, Sri Lanka. Sri Lankan government said um, we're going to force organic farming. Mandated it. Mandated Ma it. Mandated yeah. it. 
for, 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 for a number of reasons, not necessarily all the obvious ones, but mainly foreign reserves. And before anyone complains to me, there is a yield difference between organic and conventional. The reality is that they didn't yield as much, which meant that they've got food issues there and they've got to reverse it. Russia, 2020, Russia enacted an export ban, which basically said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to reduce exports, which will keep domestic prices deflated here, cause long-term issues because, well, it means that farmers are less likely to plant crops. Uh, Argentina bans on exports of beef, well, people produce mm -hmm. less beef. Uh, China uh, tariffs on U.S. soybeans and corn and whatever else causes the price to go up in China because they have got fewer doors open. Uh, but that was during the Trump era. And then last week you've got Indonesia with Pam. Mm. Mm. So, so I'm, you know, I'm very guarded when it comes to my view on stuff. I like to, you know, just sit on the fence a lot. But I'm probably more positive on canola than I was at this time last year. Because of the, what's the Indonesian government are doing? Well, you've got, for a start, you've got Canada mm. is, is looking really dry. And so let's, let's see, they may, they, they're going to get some rain in the time, but it's going to take a bit to, to have them having a decent crop. The pantry's empty there. But then you had Indonesia, who basically, palm is really interesting because we don't think about it in Australia, but it is the largest vegetable all in the world in terms of its production. And a lot of people don't like it, but it's a necessarily evil because if we didn't have palm, we'd have cut down more rainforest to grow soybeans. But that's a debate for another way. So, but anyway, you get more complaints now because the orangutans. <clears throat> Isn't that what the issue was with the palm that they're ruining the environment of the for the orangutans? That's true, but that's why they come back and plant the apes. But the uh, when we but when but when but anyway, going back to uh, Indonesia is seemingly suffering through food inflation <laughs> crisis that everyone else in the world is facing. And so they've banned the exports of cooking oil, which includes, you know, refined palm and also crude palm. And that's a huge proportion of the world's uh, oil seeds. And that comes at a time when there's no sunflowers or, or literally very low volumes of sunflowers coming out of Ukraine, which is more than half of the world's supply. So you, you start to sort of uh, see a very tight scenario. But I think the big question is, and coming back to that sort of government sort of uh, intervention, unintended consequences, Indonesia has banned the export of palm, but it's their biggest export program. Out of everything they export, palm brings in the most amount of money. So whilst they may depress domestic cooking oil prices for a short period of time, they're going to have issues where they're not going to have foreign currency coming in. And how long could it last? And that's where I think the palm thing is probably short-lived mm. because as soon as the, the receipts start dropping, but they are taking it very seriously. You know, there's a vessel left a couple of hours late on, I think, Thursday last week, and the Navy seized it and returned it to port and emptied its tanks. So it is quite quite serious at the moment. But again, it's those government interventions that are, you know, throwing things out.
Mm. So you suspect, though, with the importance of of the palm sector to their export and their, and you know the foreign receipts they're going to earn in terms of currency, it, you know, it can it last more than a month, or you know they're going to they're going to have to. I, 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 I don't think it will last too long before they either start uh, watering it down, watering the palm down, well, mm. so to speak, mm. and and saying right, okay, it's actually only cooking oils, not 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 crude, not refined in order to keep the income coming in because I think it will have longer uh, term impacts if they're not getting revenue. I can't remember the numbers, but it's in, it's above 10% of export revenue comes from Pam. Mm. Uh, somebody will tell me I'm wrong, but it's about that. Give or take, mm. give or take 10. Uh, but when you, when you look at the, uh, the, 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 the sort of equivalence, it's probably the equivalent of Australia banning the export of IRR. Mm. Like, what would that do to our economy if we banned that? Shit creek, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, it'd be, uh, it'd be. I mean, that's that's the big, that's the big kind of concern around, you know, a significant tiff with China, where iron ore and 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 then coal would be the next one if they were really kind of, um, uh, you know, impacted in terms of export flows. That would, uh, that'd be a huge blow to the Australian economy. You know, really send us backwards. So. I guess that was my rant for the day, really, was that governments should be involved to assist agriculture and in trade in general, mm. open up doors and stuff, but probably should avoid things like minimum prices or export bans or, or whatnot. With that, with that view on minimum pricing, because effectively a guaranteed uh, minimum wage is a form of minimum pricing. So does your, does your free market kind of ideology extend to removing minimum wage legislation or is that one t- is that t- one t- that... T- tell me how many people are on minimum wage just now in australia <laughs> yeah well that's true at the moment it's, it's so in the, the, mar- favor, yeah. the market is working the way it should but I'm but not, in time in like times I'm, when uh, in times i think when... the, the thing that when i look at the minimum wage in australia versus somewhere like the uk yeah it is high as it, in the australian minimum wage yeah yeah which has also meant that our cost of living has increased. Cost of houses, cost of everything, cost of a pint. Because because we pay minimum wage, so all those things have gone up. But might well, be a few other few other factors that have could be could be. Like I said, but, I'm not an but you're, so you're saying, but obviously now in a scenario now where we've got such a shortage of labour um, and issues around, you know, getting the right kind of labour as well for some industries. Um, that's that's meaning that. The minimum wage is largely irrelevant, you know, because people are getting paid more. Well, than you, what that there's would there's be. no. I, I doubt there'd be a more than a couple of percentage of people in the country that are paid minimum wage. Mm. But apart, then, apart from me and you, yeah, we, no, we're, well, we're probably paid less than minimum wage. But the number below, of we yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if there'll be much sympathy for us. So, um, but <clears throat> like going back to it though, you, you know, times when you've gone through, you know, recessionary situations or, or 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 you know if the borders were more open we had more um availability of foreign workers and backpackers and everything else then it would possibly be a case that we still require that minimum wage from a social welfare perspective or you think you shouldn't have it ever uh it's a good point i wasn't really thinking about minimum wages i was thinking more about you know allowing a market to sort itself out but i suppose probably philosoph philosophically I would agree that minimum wage is probably 
should be removed. A bit like an American model when... Uh, well, well yeah. he, why don't you put it the other way, yeah? yeah? Well, you talk about a minimum wage, but why do you not have a maximum wage then? <laughs> we're, we're happy to, it's a bit like a, a bit like a, what is it, a, a taking an option. We're, yeah, happy, put, we're happy yeah. to protect from the downside, but we don't want to protect from the upside. Maybe maybe we should, like, going back to the, the quote that we started at the start, maybe mm. left, lefties like you, <laughs> we, we should all be paid the same. <laughs> I, I must be the first. I must be the first uh, left-leaning person that that traded currencies or financial markets. It's not really a, a career path um, yeah, suited towards but you, people. But, that, you, but, you, but you stopped it, didn't you? <laughs> you know, and then, then, uh, went, then went and set up a hippie commune in Ballarat. <laughs> so, uh, but 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 going back to it, yeah, like oh, who knows? Well, don't even get me started because we could we could do a whole podcast on UDIs. You know what we need to do? Is it, um, is it UDI? Oh, the, you mean the uh, no yeah. universal basic income UBI? UBI. Yeah. yeah, that's what's actually a, an what's, what's a UDI? Oh, I know what a UDL is. Yeah, UDL. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> um, if, you're, if you're on the minimum wage, you can't afford a UDL. No, yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've drank a UDL. I have to have to admit, um, but. Um, and they were shotgun. You ever heard of that phrase? Do you have that in Scotland where they shotgun a can of some alcoholic beverage? Have you ever heard of that That's one? A stupid question. What? Do they, do they use the same term though is what I'm saying? No, we just down it. So you don't do – you know what the shotgun is though, don't When you, you cut the end of it. You kind of make a hole in the bottom part, sit it to mean, its side, well, make remember, a hole in the remember, bottom Remember, I'll, I'll send you a plethora of videos of people – we use a straw – no, well, this is quite. This is a little bit more of an Australian thing. Then you make a hole in the. That's bottom. an American thing, anyway. Oh, Shotgunning, is it? Yeah. Oh, well. Now, what you do is you get a bottle of buck first, which is a litre, yeah. and you yeah. put a straw on that, the side of it, and then you down mm. the bottle. Oh, Christ! But, yeah, fair enough. Um, we should get. You know who would be good to get on to talk about the concept of wage and universal basic income would be um, our friend Chris Hoiberg. Yeah, but wages. Oh, maybe that is one. Good. We yeah. should get Chris on talk about UBI, or or, or actually also, also Steve, known as Ryan, as Ryan, or Stephen Kakoulis to talk about UBI because yeah. it's because it's, it's an interesting concept, but it's kind of gets support from two types of people: the lefties like you, and and the right wing. So I'm not sure if there's many right wings that that favour the UBI. Mm, no, there's a conservative movement of is there? an economic movement towards UBI. Really? Oh, it's because then you get rid of all the other benefits. Get rid of all the other benefits yeah. and, and, and whatnot. Get rid of the it's health service. Well, it, it makes it easier to have a smaller government because you don't have all this government department kind of monitoring and, and, and kind of working through all the... Well, nobody, nobody in Victoria is going to vote for it, seeing as most of the population's working in government services. <laughs> but anyway, mm. going back to the main point of it, because we did say it was only going to be a 10-minute Rant yep. Okay. Fair enough. Is government keep out of markets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, generally, think generally speaking, I think that's that should be what we aspire to. Um, allow allow the market to be transparent, so there's no asymmetry of information. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Fertilizer. <coughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you get more. You're going to get more complaints now. I, but it just allow the market to do what it does, mm-hmm. and then see what happens. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. Like I said, as long as as long as you take into account for some of those negative externalities, um, I think that's the only time you should be having some well, level of you know, some as, level as of as long as it's legal, mm-hmm. and that's where you you can't chop down the rainforest because it's illegal. 
Yep. That's all you need. You don't have to, you don't have to pay people to do it. No, no, no. Yeah, fair enough. And, uh, and yeah, so... But anyway, we'll leave it there. And we will be back later on with another chat with somebody very interesting. Uh, no, no pressure on them. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go from there. Sounds good. See you when you got nothing on. Ciao for now.